0: Here. Hello. Oh it's us. <laughs> this is Spiel, the reading event for people who don't usually like reading events.
1: I'm Joanna Baxter. And I'm Dana Mahana. And we are your Spielin' Good Hosts. The two of us met in the Writer Studio program at Simon Fraser University. The lasting takeaway from our experience is the importance of having a community of writers who understand the challenges and can celebrate in the victories of writing. Both big and small. Joanna and I really wanted to extend that support to other emerging writers. Spiel is our way of cultivating that writing community in our own style. Your style? In our own style.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We came up with Spiel, a live recording event where writers get up on stage and share their original work. Very scary, right? Our platform is wide and inclusive. We welcome all genres. Poetry, prose, fiction, non-fiction, specfic, and
1: sci-fi. The only strict rule is our five-minute format, after which the shepherd's hook will drag you off the stage. It's
0: happened. It's ugly. Mm -hmm. Whatever the style of your writing, Spiel's goal is to empower and support. We hope you enjoy this episode's selection of readers. Yeah,
1: we do. Rose Dudley grew up in rural South Wales. She was a school teacher in Bristol before marrying and moving to Lions Bay. She taught at Collingwood for 16 years and retired 18 years ago. She then became a student in memoir writing, and in 2017, Rose brought her lifetime of bizarre and interesting personal stories on the page in her self-published memoir called A Sloppy Spineless Creature. Since then, she has won the North Shore Writers' Competition for Nonfiction two years in a row, and is beginning to believe that her wise teacher was correct in saying, anyone can write.
2: I was a little intimidated when I got here and saw that everybody in the room was the age of my granddaughter. But um, I actually like the idea of the podcast on knitting. Uh, Thank you Joanna and Dana for inviting me here tonight um, to share my story and it's called A Change of Heart. She had little time left to live, so I could not allow all the trivial tasks that I thought needed to be accomplished that day be more pressing than spending precious moments with someone who had been an essential part of my life for so many years. Yes, it would have been easy to convince myself that I wanted to remember her as she had been What a feeble excuse for my cowardice. Carrying my culinary offering, I approached the house, my heart pounding as I picked my way down the icy steps. Fear gripped me. Fear of what? Fear of a life ending. My own future mirrored perchance. Placing the meal at the door, I fled slipping and sliding my way up the steps, praying that I had not been seen and feeling such a sense of relief when I made it safely back to the car and slammed the door. It wasn't until I drove away that I began to question my actions. What sort of friend am I? Can I justify letting my own fear and discomfort supersede my love for a dying woman How would it feel to be abandoned by friends in the last days of life? I knew what I had to do. Once more, I made my way cautiously down those icy steps and approached the front door. Before I could knock, her husband threw it open and invited me inside. I braced myself for what I was about to see, attempting to hide my shock at her appearance. Someone I no longer recognized. She was sitting at the dining room table in her house coat. It hung loosely around her, no longer able to disguise the skeletal form beneath. A gray-green toque concealed her baldness. Dull eyes, the light now extinguished, were sunken into her jaundiced, expressionless face. Gingerly, she picked at a piece of dry toast while twiddling a spoon in the other hand. A bowl of untouched fruit and yogurt sat before her on the table. Thank you for coming, she whispered as I gently hugged her wasted frame. My friends don't realize how much I need them at this time. It's almost as if they're afraid to see me like this, she added as I swallowed hard, mumbling incoherently. Then, in her customary manner, she set about putting me completely at ease. Without mentioning the inevitable, she freely expressed what she was feeling, delving into her hopes and fears, reminiscing about happy times we had spent together and how much she had appreciated our long friendship. In return, I told her what a special person she was, and how her strength and courage through several bouts of cancer had been such an inspiration to me and all who loved her. We both wept as I explained how her unconditional love had always had such a capacity to heal the emotional scars of others. I told her that her beauty was enhanced by her simple but elegant taste in clothing, and that her flair for design had brightened up the house in which she had come to live. I asked her if she had any idea what joy she had brought to the recipients of her carefully chosen gifts. We spoke of how her friends had all envied her culinary prowess, and, predictably modest, she laughed reminding me of all the laughter we had shared over the years. Sensing she was now exhausted, I hugged her long and hard one last time, and she thanked me again for coming. It was a pleasure, I said through my tears. That was our last exchange. Just three days later, she fell into a coma, and shortly afterwards, she took her last breath and slipped away from us. I was brokenhearted to have lost an irreplaceable friend, but felt some comfort in knowing that my change of heart had served us both well. Thank you.
1: Joseph Kekwino-Kunasim is a Cree-Austrian writer. For his manuscript, Woodland Creatures, he was awarded the 2014 Canada Council for the Arts Creation Grant for Aboriginal Peoples, Writers, and Storytellers. He's completed the Writers Studio 2018 program and the Writers Studio Graduate Workshop. For more of his writing, please visit his website, starblanketstoryteller.ca
3: I'm just going to get going. Uh, This one here is called The Long Ride. For for years my feelings lay buried under paving stones set down by using crowbar forbearance, back-breaking therapy, and mind-numbing meditation. I shoveled forgiveness like I shoveled shit. (laughs) Name the tool, I have it somewhere stowed inside a rickety old shed that I kept on lock in the backyard of my mind. Blunt tools lay scattered on the shed floor, leaned up in corners, gathering dust. I've used every tool to round off jagged edges and to remove the berberous briar patch surrounding numerous sensitivities that was the unlandscaped topography of my traumatic history. Though once I yielded to my past, I. I felt ready to reconnect with my family. My ambition was to begin the process of reconciliation with the people that hurt me the most in my life. I spoke with my therapist and many of my close friends. Told them of my plan to reunite with family. They all thought I was either brave or crazy. Now bravery and craziness are blunt tools that when used in sparing proportions with liberal amounts of caution, can yield benefit. So I chose to ro- ride my motorcycle, and as luck would have it, it smelled like rain the day I left. And Typically, it started raining in Chilliwack and was pouring by hope. I took the crow's nest past, and at times the rain came down so hard I, could, I couldn't see 20 feet in front of me. Water trickled through seams and dripped from my helmet down my neck. And in minutes, I was soaked. The engine wound up like an angry wasp. It was my only source of heat. So, cold and wet, I tucked behind my windscreen and hugged the tank with my knees. I jockeyed for position amongst all the other vehicles out there, climbed dozens of passes, and then the f- rain finally let up east of Karameos. And osoyas I could feel the dry winds pull moisture from my clothes, and it was a welcome change. Though all the brutally hot crosswinds, the buzzing engine, road blast, rain, and traffic, there was only so much of this that I could take. I had prearranged pit stops at friends' places. My first stop was Nelson. I wasn't surprised to see how sore my ass was. I'd been adjusting my seating position for the last 300 kilometers, and it took over two days to recover. All the while, an, an easy apprehension compounded like heavy metal in the pit of my stomach. I had not seen or spoken to my family in almost a decade. My next stop was Cranbrook, where I spent another two days with an old friend. And the whole time in the back of my mind, anxious messages were received from my heart. This will either be reconciliation or another familial implosion, Joe." With that thought, I didn't want to leave Nelson. But I felt inexplicably pulled towards my destination. My last stop before Saskatoon was Medicine Hat. I spent that night at my brother-in-law's where I called my partner who booked me a hotel for two days with an option to stay longer if I felt like it. It was an uneasy night at my brother-in-law's, but I left the hat first thing in the morning. And six hours later, I was in Saskatoon. Anxiety is an invasive weed. I stood staring into a mirror in the bathroom of my hotel room. I could feel the weeds of apprehension splitting a foundation I had poured over old wounds that never seemed to heal. But I continued the preparations for a dinner with my mother, one of my brothers, his wife, and his two children. But the reunion was better than I expected. And when I returned to my hotel room, I spoke to the front desk attendant. I might stay another day. She asked me, would you like to make the arrangements now or in the morning, sir? Tomorrow, thanks. I waved good night. From my room, I called my partner, said I would stay another day. But at some point in my sleep, An idea had come to me. I had said what I needed to say, did what I needed to do. In that morning, I packed my panniers, had breakfast with my mother, my brother, and his partner. Then I told them I wanted to go home. And the closer I got home, the lighter I felt. And that pain in my ass had all but gone.
0: Katie Cowgar. When she was nine years old, Katie became obsessed with Avril Lavigne. Upon learning that the singer wrote her own lyrics, she decided to do the same. Since then, Katie has been writing lyrics, poems, short stories, and narratives religiously. After three and a half years of traveling the world as a flight attendant, Katie decided to quit flying and pursue her writing. She is a full-time student in the creative writing program at Langara College, and her biggest hope is to connect with others through writing.
4: All right, so I have two poems today. Um, They're not funny, like the last story was great. In fact, they're a little depressing. One is pretty depressing, and the other one is slightly less, so that's good. (laughs) All right, the first one is called Super Blood, Wolf Moon. And I wrote it about a conversation on the night of the super blood wolf moon in January. All right. Your voice is heavy. A weight I was awaiting. I feel its warmth through the phone as I exhale wintry breaths into your ears. Did you hear? I am no longer that fool screaming, but six years. As stringy spit sticks to the hardwood, my face flaking, raw and pulsing skin peeling from my skull. My whiskey breath is stronger than your love for her, stronger than the fight you gave as you left our home for the unknown. I will cradle the pain for as long as I need. Do you feel free? My phone crackles as the crack in my voice makes a real break in my heart. But I am too cold to shatter. When you whisper, you want me back, I can hear the shame in your veins as you choke on my icy ways. Is your bottle nearby? Are you drunk off it? Phantom tears drench my collarbone where your head used to lay before you lied. My skin would drink your sorrows until the salt burned. I yearned for it. I learned from it. Yes, I am here. Clinging to your every breath, sitting on the pavement, my fingers refusing to hang up the phone I am underdressed for this harsh January air. My feet are bare, blue, beneath the superblood wolf moon, realizing I do not need you, as you cry for the love that we once knew. So that's the first one. (laughs) The second one is called Elements. And I got really into astrology, and I learned all about my birth chart and all that stuff. I don't know if anyone else follows it. It's really fun. (laughs) So this piece is uh, about the astrological elements in my chart, in my brain. Elements. I have been too fiery, falling without a care, allowing for my dirt to show the best and the worst parts of my love. As I breathe and heave and blow, you will know when my mind is at its most restless, reckless state. As the tears I cry only water the green in my eyes, I have tried everything that does and does not make sense. A wildfire, a tired liar, mistaking lust for love and love for lust, trust is a mask for madness. As they ran through my flames, I wandered through theirs. What a boring life to take and to make if it is without haunting affairs, searing stares, a narcissist I shall be. I am my own muse. I do not create sparks. I'm afraid of the dark. I blow up like the baddest bombshell, burn myself at the stake. I give, I give, I give Will they just fucking take. The fire I breathe is a translation for the love I seek. Beneath this skin, My blood screams, mud sticks to the roof of my mouth, forcing my temperamental tongue to taste the cool, cruel filth of what is real. Binding my bones in it, salty roots rooting me in the ground, vines and cross lines crisscross over my toes. I was once told I could only be taken in small doses. But I'm fine. Safe in the mess I understand, I hide in the mind I used to despise, comprised of extreme elements, silky gray clouds, thick wet fog. It carries, it fills my lungs, it carries a heaviness to my brain. I am well aware that it is a craving, perhaps a sickness. I drag everything that I am down into the depths of insanity. I'm only satisfied when I'm unsatisfied, and I like it. Thank you.
1: (laughs) And that's a wrap. Thank you so much to all of our brave readers for sharing. (laughs) Spiel wants
0: you to be next on our stage. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Spiel underscore Vancouver for all details about upcoming events, featured themes,
1: and how to submit your original work. I'm Joanna Baxter. And I'm Dana Mahana. Stay tuned for new episodes of Spiel, which will feature another selection of writers from our series of live recorded events. Thanks for listening.
0: Our first big thanks, Denise Howell is here from the West Vancouver Community Foundation. It was really fantastic. We got a a small community grant from the West Van Community Foundation. Uh, And um, they have given us the liberties of renting this awesome place and given us the chance to have our first North Shore Spiel edition. So give it up for the West Van Community Foundation. So, and for the FYI, they've given out over 80 grants of up to, one, uh, up to $500 to organizations, nonprofit, and individuals who are doing all sorts of cool stuff on the North Shore. Uh, so, if you have an idea for something and need some money to get it started, you can check them out at westvanfoundation.ca. So, moving along, the next big thank you is to East Van Brewing. We're very happy. <laughs> They crossed the bridge for us, as so many of you have done tonight, so give it up for Eastman Brewing.